everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bus Stop Podcast. I am Eric Wesley, and today the podcast parks to discuss Juneteenth and Pride Month. Both of these events happen this month in June, with Pride celebrations being a tribute to the people involved in the Stonewall Riots in New York on June 28, 1969. Now, if you're not familiar with these Stonewall Riots, I encourage you to download the previous episode of the Bus Stop Podcast, uh, where I had two guests and we talked more in details about how that one event was the catalyst for the celebrations we see today. Now, we will talk with Barbara Boyd, Manager, Terminal Operations in St. Louis, more about Pride Month, as well as discuss Juneteenth with her. Barbara, welcome to the Bus Stop Podcast. Thanks for having me, Eric. Also joining us today in the discussion about Juneteenth is John Young, District Manager in the Midwest. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Eric. Now with both of you, this is your first time being on the podcast. And what I always like to do with our first time guest is uh, let our listeners know a little bit more about you and your career uh, here at Greyhound, the roles you play. Uh, so let's begin with you first, John, if you'll just kind of walk us through uh, your time here with Greyhound. So I've been at uh, Greyhound a little over four years now. I started as a third shift supervisor in Cincinnati. Um, I was promoted to uh, city manager. I handled that role for a little more than a year and a half. And then I was promoted to district manager uh, last April. So um, I've been in this role a little over a year and I'm looking for great things to come. Great, Gray. Are you still in Cincinnati? Oh, no, I guess I didn't uh, <laughs> add that. Um, so now I'm district manager. I'm based out of Chicago. OK, good. So a lot more responsibility than as a district manager you're kind of overseeing a lot more areas. Is that is that right? It is. Um, my, uh, my territory goes all the way west to Denver and then um, all the way north to Minneapolis and as far south as Indianapolis. So um, quite a bit in between there. Okay, good portion of the country. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Barbara, if you can uh, walk us through your career path here at Crayham. Uh, my career path started in 1995, uh, June 26. Started out as a driver based in Chicago. Um, became a driver supervisor in Chicago, got promoted to St. Louis in 1998 as driver manager, and I've uh, been area, manager, area safety manager, and now I'm terminal manager based here in St. Louis. Uh, like I say, 26 years with the company, uh, will be on June 26th this year, and uh, it's just an ongoing learning experience every day. Well, happy early anniversary to you. Thank you. I didn't realize, or maybe I've just forgot that you were a driver at one time. How, how's that experience been going from driver to, to what you do now? Well, as a driver, you know, you definitely, the way I looked at when I came into the company was uh, I was getting paid to see the world. And taking that experience into management is a plus because when you're doing interviews for new drivers to come within the company, you have that actual experience to tell them how it is to be on the extra board and what the life entails for you. And that is definitely, uh, extra board is a little bit different, uh, 24-7, right? When it comes yes, to the extra is. board? 
Yes, 24 7, uh, 365. And, and you basically tell them, you know, that uh, sometime that you, you're used to being at home cooking at Thanksgiving dinner, uh, you may get to cook that dinner, but you also may get a call to go out to uh, move the bus with passengers on it to their next destination. Uh, always ready to go when you're on the extra board. Yes. Well, let's move into our discussion about Juneteenth. Uh, for those of you who are listening who may not be familiar with this celebration, Juneteenth is an annual celebration that centered around the freedom, the liberation of African Americans from slavery in the United States. It's celebrated on June 19th because on this day in 1865, Major General Gordon Granger of the Union Army landed in Galveston, Texas with the news that the Civil War had ended and all slaves were free and those in Texas were uh, the final individuals, people to receive this information. So Juneteenth became a, a big celebration. So let's start with you first, Barbara. When, when you think about Juneteenth, what, what comes to mind? Freedom, uh, able to travel wherever we want to travel today uh, and enjoy that without being um, degraded for going there. John, how about you? What, what, do you, what comes to mind when you think about Juneteenth? Um, it also uh, brings to mind the word freedom um, for me. Um, it also reminds me of a little bit of history around Juneteenth that, you know, um, the Emancipation Proclamation was actually two years before then. The war had been over for over two months before that, ha before that news got to them. And so it's a little disheartening when you think about our history that um, a state was so committed to enslaving people that, you know, they ignored the news. Um, you know, just kind of an interesting fact that um, Texas actually went to the Supreme Court four years after that to, um, you know, to say that, hey, we already seceded from uh from the United States, so we shouldn't have. We should be able to be uh, a slaveholding state, and um, you know that's just how committed they were to um, enslaving folks. And I just find that kind of interesting, as you think about Juneteenth. Now, John, when when it when it comes to Juneteenth with you and your family and friends, uh, do you do any specific types of celebrating anything? You know, acts of service or education for your family. Uh, what typically takes place for you when it comes to Juneteenth? Well, now that we have uh, these uh, whiz-bang cell phones, I get a lot of messages from friends that, uh, you know, may send inspiring quotes or articles. Um, typically, my daughter and I um, will exchange an article or two um, to read up and learn about, you know, some additional history as it relates to African-Americans. So that's typically how um, we spend Juneteenth. And Barbara, how about you and your family and friends? Anything specific that takes place? Well, my family based in Memphis, Tennessee, like to get together and host a gathering where uh, my uncle, he builds a pit in the ground and um, he puts the whole hog in the ground. So oh, wow. that takes a couple of days of cooking. So if I don't get to get there the first day of it, I still get to enjoy it because it takes a couple of days for that to finish smoking. So while we're smoking the, the hog in the ground, he's got the catfish going uh, in the fryer outside in the back of the house on the farm rather. 
and uh, he's got the crawfish going as well. So it's a celebration to look back on where we were and where we are now. Wow, I, I guess I know where I need to go this Juneteenth then. <laughs> oh yeah. I know, I need an invite too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting because I had never seen that uh, before, you know, be, being raised in the city, but mm -hmm. majority of my family is from Tennessee. And I was so excited, you know, I took a lot of pictures, you know, for my brothers and sisters that weren't able to go in, also show off to friends because it's like, man, I'm putting a whole hog in the, in the, in the, in the ground. And I said, oh, yes, he is. You know, he's a farmer and he raised uh, his own chickens, his own hogs. He's got a catfish pond. So we take the time to celebrate and think about where we were in the past and where we are in the future. Wow. Wow. I'm sure he has uh, quite the historical stories to uh, pass along to everyone as well. Yes. Well, obviously, our country still has a way to go, uh, you know, when it comes to race, racial reconciliation. Uh, we just passed a year uh, with the George Floyd event uh, that happened. And uh, so there's still a ways to go for our country and treating each other with the love and respect that all humans should be shown. Uh, Barbara, what do you think is going to take to move us closer to actually achieving that reconciliation? I think better education uh, for us. Um, not just the officers that's in charge that this around around a lot, uh, with the actions that they have put upon uh, the Afro-American community, uh, I think everyone needs to be re-educated. If anyone ever gets the chance to go down to uh, Memphis and go to the Lorraine Motel, to the museum, it, mm -hmm. it's a great history event for you to partake in. So I definitely think that a lot of education surrounded by starting it in school and carrying it on to the big businesses because you know, you run into situations in a different corporation where it may be a little racial tension there. So I like to say that, you know, St. Louis, we're diverse here. So uh, we all get along well, no matter what the color you are. John, what, what would, how would you answer this question as well, as far as being able to move us closer to achieving the reconciliation that, that's needed? Well, I think um, Barb hit on an excellent point when she said that, um, you know, education. I recently had the chance to visit um, the uh, Smithsonian African American Museum of History and Culture. And um, just uh, really um, an eye opener for me. I feel like I have some, <clears throat> I'm, you know, I have some pretty good education in terms of uh, Black history. Uh, in terms of American history. And um, there's just so much to learn and so much to really understand about um, how something that happened 200 years ago nearly um, is still, you know, has ripple effects in how we act and how we um, interact with each other. And um, I think in terms of reconciliation, you know, the first piece is actually to, uh, you know, open your brain so you can be educated. But I think the second piece is that, um, you know, folks are going to have to open their hearts and really understand that um, some of the things that um, we hold as stereotypes, some of the institutions that we, um, that we uh, ascribe to, some of the processes that we, um, and traditions that the country um, goes, that, uh, that we, deal with, um, you know, have some inherent biases in them. And, um, 
and until we sort of reconcile that one to another, um, I think we're going to always be in a place where there's going to be some tension. And so until we can sort of get to the point where people recognize that, you know, wholly, um, we're going to be in a place where we're always going to struggle. So I hope that, you know, folks, one, start to get educated or educate themselves even more, and then two, start to um, really use that education to open up their heart and say, you know what, um, I have some biases, I have some feelings about certain things, I am apathetic to certain plights, I'm not um, empathetic as it relates to, you know, um, violence in inner cities or whatever it is. And, um, you know, I think when we get to a point where the majority of Americans feel that way, um, um, you know, we'll be reconciled, we'll, we'll start to reconcile our racial differences. And if I could just close with this, there's um, a great Martin Luther King quote that I might mess up here, but um, I think the quote says something like, you know, our real, the real issue isn't the bigot, isn't the outward person. Uh, the real issue is the silent people who turn a blind eye to, um, to racial division. And so, you know, it's those people that are not actively, you know, um, you know, dividing us, but don't care to be in the fray are the ones that we need to, um, you know, step up and say something and, um, you know, show that there is a majority of people in this country that really don't feel that, um, that it's good for us to be divided on racial lines. So that's what I'd say. All right, good, good. It definitely takes education and it is a matter of the heart uh, as far as, you know, just getting us to see each other as, as humans, as human beings that, that we all are. Uh, Barbara, as we transition into uh, talking about Pride Month, uh, we realize that even this is not just uh, isolated to one group of people. So when you think about Pride, uh, what does that mean for you and your personal journey? It's a day of celebration, you know, for me. Pride is being proud of who you are. And it's about not worrying about others and what other people think of you or being discriminated against based on your sexuality or your religion or your race. Um, and and it's, it's definitely about knowing that you can go out to the public today and really not have to worry about someone um, causing harm to you because of the lifestyle that you have chosen. So the personal journey for me is I'm accepted no matter where I go. Uh, I feel the love no matter where I work at. So um, it's definitely going in the right direction. In the previous podcast on this topic, I talked with a couple of employees about, you know, being able to be your authentic self at work. Uh, has that ever been difficult in your career, uh, whether it's here at Greyhound or a previous company you've worked for? I'm happy to say that here at Greyhound, we're very diverse. Uh, we don't treat anyone different. And that's what I love about it is that I've never been treated differently at all. Um, everyone accepts me. They love me. Uh, my lifestyle is my lifestyle. It's about me coming to work and, and doing what I'm supposed to do. So they don't look at the fact that, oh, wow, you gay. So you know, uh, maybe we shouldn't work with you. No, I find it that um, being openly gay is, is more acceptable than hiding it. So with the steps forward that have been made in the uh, LGBTQ community, 
what would you say has, is still missing in today's society? I think no one could have done it better than Dwayne Wade and his family. Um, learning to accept the fact and educate people more on being transgender. Um, once we can get past that and accept that, then that'll be another milestone. What's a good way for someone uh, who wants to become a part of, uh, of being an ally for the community? Uh, what's a good way for them to be educated and going, going about doing that? Participating more. Um, like we have a gay pride um, parade here. Mm -hmm. And the year that we had it before COVID hit, uh, it was nice to see UPS, uh, FedEx, um, different companies, Budweiser participate. And I'm, I sit back and I was like, wow, it would have been great to see a Greyhound bus involved in the parade to show that we support. So more, more um, advertisement that we do support no matter what your lifestyle is. As we move closer to uh, closing out the podcast on today, uh, what would you say is most misunderstood about the LGBTQ individuals? And what I would say is most misunderstood is that we're people. So it doesn't matter, you know, what your lifestyle is. You're still a person and you need to be treated as a, a human being and not looked at as, oh, wow, I don't, I'm ashamed of that person. I don't want to be around that person. I want to thank you, Barbara, for joining the podcast today. And also want to thank you too, John, for, for joining us today and having these open, uh, honest discussions. Thank you, Eric, for having me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we also want to thank you for joining us today. And be sure to come back for the next episode of the Bus Stop Podcast. Until then... Always remember, you are a Greyhound. Be first, be safe, be stellar.